Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. We got a few things to think about, don't we? Nothing to worry about, a lot to think about. And some of you are in the dip. I mean, you are at a point where you just don't understand God, why he would let something happen. And I know many of you that may be streaming and watching this stream, you may, you may be thinking, you know, I'm going to see what he says. I, I just want a preacher to explain everything. Well, you got the wrong preacher. I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm going to tell you where our hope is. And our hope is not in my explanation. Our hope is not in understanding. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And as long as we can do that, we'll face whatever comes our way. But the day you have to figure it out, good luck, and I don't even believe in luck. In fact, you'll... I started to say you'll probably never be in a relationship, but because you can't figure that out, can you? Anybody in here got relationships figured out? No. But they are fun, aren't they? You just pray for grace. Now, here's what I want you to know. There's something we can do in the dip. So let me, talk, let me walk you back. The dip is when you run into something that you don't understand. Something that just is frustrating to you. It's a shock. I mean, you can't believe that God would not let your favorite driver win last night at Daytona. Is that right? I mean, that's part of the dip. There you go. Or I can't believe that I didn't get that job. I can't believe that the relationship ended. There's a lot of different ways to explain it. So here you are. You're growing and you're doing well, and then all of a sudden you hit something, and you're all the way back down. And it's at the dip where you make the worst mistakes. I make the worst mistakes. Because we start listening to the wrong people. And we start getting the wrong counsel. Habakkuk is in the dip. He's a prophet who was called to be the prophet for Israel, as they were being overrun by the Babylonians. And the Babylonians were not nice people. They were horrible people. And there was nothing good about them. And he had to somehow figure out, why would God let this happen? We all have those things. And we're going to read about what he did and what the Lord told him. But let me show you what we do. We go to social media. Oh, I'll figure it out. And we put one negative thought after another. Questioning our faith, questioning who we are. We let people get into our head who criticize our faith, who question our faith. And so basically all through life, we're a vessel and we're just collecting all this bad stuff. And sometimes it's our own arrogance. I mean, sometimes we're just crazy enough to believe we can figure it out. And then sometimes we develop a bitterness toward God. As I said last week, it's the number one issue in the church is bitterness 
And when you trace bitterness back, it's most often traced back to God. So you carry bitterness around. You just fill your life with it. It multiplies. It grows. It's like a cancer. And so what are we supposed to do? Well, Habakkuk. He just said, God, I don't understand you. And he and God had a little talk in the first chapter. And then chapter 2, he decides he's going to go and just wait and watch. So if you've got a Bible, you can have one like this or you can have one like this. Or you can have it on an iPad or however you have it. Go to chapter 2 of Habakkuk. And that is five books back from where the Bible divides from Old Testament to New Testament. It's a hard book to find. But once you find it, it's great. 58 verses that challenges every one of us. So here he is. He's saying, okay, I'm going to take my stand and I'm going to watch. Now here, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. And then I'm just going to give you three words that are a lot better than listening and putting people in your head that they don't belong there. Let's read verse 1, chapter 2. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower. And I'll look out to see what he will say to me. This is Habakkuk talking. I'm going to look out and see what God's going to say and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me. Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. His death, he, ha he never has enough. He gathers for himself all nations, collects as his own all peoples. So in other words, wait. Three words. The first one is wait. I don't like that word. I don't like waiting on anything. Ask my wife. I don't like waiting on anything. If I get in line at Chick-fil-A and it's not moving, I'm gone. I did it yesterday. I'm out. So why would I wait? Because there's something incredibly good for you in waiting. You see, waiting in our mind is just doing nothing. Like going to sitting under a tree. Well, I'm going to wait till he writes it in the sky. That's not biblical waiting. Biblical waiting is active. It's seeking him. In fact, Ortberg, John Ortberg made this statement. Biblically, waiting is not just something we have to do until we get what we want. Waiting is literally a part of the process of becoming what God wants us to be. That's exactly what waiting is. It's the idea of, you know what, God? I'm watching you. 
I'm waiting on you. And, and, and here's how he did it. Number one, humble yourself. Why do I say humble yourself? He went to a tower. He went to a watch station. Now, that was very common for the prophets to go to a place. They had a place. The watchtower, you've heard it called that sometimes, was like in a vineyard where somebody could guard the vineyard. It's kind of like a guard tower. But a lot of times they would use that term symbolically to mean where they met God. So let me ask you a question. Where's your place where you meet him? Where do you meet God? I-4? It's a good place to know him. Where, where do you meet him? You say, well, I have a chair, a certain chair that I go and sit down in. That's great. Well, I have a kind of the back patio. I just sit in the back patio or I, I go to the park. That's great. Well, I don't really have a designated place. That's okay. But what I hope you do have is a place to, to it's not the place, it's the posture. Humble yourself. Find a place and say, God, the reason I'm here because I don't know anything. I need you. And when you humble yourself, remember what Proverbs says. Now, this is the message version, Eugene Peterson's interpretation. He says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the only one who can keep you on track. I love that verse just simply because it tells me, quit trusting myself and say, God, I need you. That's humility. Listen. When you humble yourself, listen. That's what you're waiting on. You're waiting on God to speak. So what do you do? You listen. And by the way, you can listen with your ears and with your eyes. God speaks all around us. Even the psalm said, the heavens declare his glory. So every night you look up at the stars, they're shouting the praise of God. Our creation is speaking, but it's God speaking through his creation. A.W. Tozer said this, God is forever seeking to speak himself out into his creation. The whole Bible supports this idea. God is speaking. Not God spoke. God is speaking. He is by his nature continuously articulate. He fills the world with his speaking voice. I believe God's speaking to us every day. Well, you say, David, how do you hear him? Well, number one, wait, listen. And the number one place I hear him, right here. I promise you, every time you open the Bible and read a verse, you just heard from God. I mean, I remember, I can remember one time this guy got up to preach and he goes, you know what? The Lord just didn't speak to me this week. And so uh, I really don't have anything to say. Now, I was young, I was immature. And I didn't say it out loud. I just said, what do you mean the Lord didn't speak? He gave you 66 books that he spoke to you and you ain't got time to read one verse out of them. I mean, that's, that was my attitude. It hadn't changed much since then. <laughs> This is his word. I, let me tell you, sometimes when I'm driving, I'll take the ESV app on my phone. And if I'm not listening to uh, 93.2.3, uh, <laughs> I 
If I'm, I'm, I'm not listening about being fancy and uh, going to Applebee's, um, I'll, uh, I, I'll listen to uh, my phone and, and God's Word. I'll just play it. I, I'll just listen. And it's a great way. I mean, you gotta, you're driving, you're sitting at a red light or wherever, and you just play it. His Word is a great place to hear His voice. You know where else? Right here. You say, what is that? The Holy Spirit. First John says you're, th that you've been given a teacher, an anointing. You say, well, not me. Yes, you. Everyone. That's why those of you streaming, those of you watching on TV 45 right now, it's so cool to know he's teaching you right now. No, you're not in this room because this room is not the only place he lives. He lives in you. And he's teaching you. Listen to that. Now, some people call it a still small voice. That's a reference out of the Old Testament. Some people call it just a, a hunch. You can call it whatever it is. I just think God speaks deep down inside of you. You know what else he does? I think you learn from others. I think there are others in your life that you don't. Now, be careful because the Scripture warns us. Proverb warns us all the time. Do not get counsel from ungodly people. Because you're going to have people telling you all kind of crazy stuff. I mean, you're going to get stuff on social media. You, you just, there's no telling what, or late night television or radio or whatever. You're going to hear all kinds of stuff. But you've got to make sure that everything you hear from somebody matches his word. Because God will not honor anything that contradicts his word. It's not from God. So instead of this... You know, what I would do is I would make sure that I'm seeking counsel from people who know the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean God can't speak through somebody who doesn't. But I certainly wouldn't put them at the top of the list of who I really want to talk to. I think sometimes books help us. A podcast, a sermon. God uses somebody. Let me show you a book that uh, was written by one of our members there's a couple in this church. You've heard their story. I won't go into all their story, but both physicians here. Dr. Uh, Sukumar is a pediatric cardiologist at Winnie Palmer. His wife, Deepa, is a pediatrician. And she is one of those uh, telemedicine pediatricians she, online. And you can, you can actually make an appointment with her and you don't go to the office kind of thing. You know, this book she wrote... Because she knows people are so stressed out with everything going on. Think about all the things we have happening. We've got COVID everywhere. We've got Afghanistan and watching the horrors of people whose lives are being taken. We're, we've got Ida. We've got the fires in California. I mean, you can just make a list of all the stuff that's happening. But what she does is she takes God's Word and in devotional manner just kind of guides you through it. I think sometimes books like that really speak to me because God spoke to them. And these, that, by the way, this is available in Long's bookstore back in the back. We'd love for you to, to stop and get a copy. Let me tell you another source, your circumstances. Now, I'm really careful on this one. If I'm waiting on something, waiting on God to get a word, I circumstances speak to me, but they can lie to you. Let me explain. I had somebody say, well, I prayed about it, Pastor, but I'm not going on that mission trip. I said, well, why would you not? Well, I was driving, and I just said, okay, Lord, if you want me to go, 
when I get to that red light, I, it's going to be green. And it was red. And I said, you do know they call them red lights for a reason. There's, they're red as much as they're green. The point is, that's a pretty random way to hear from the creator of the heavens and the earth. But it can happen. But what I would say is, you listen to him. You listen, and one of the best ways to listen is be quiet. Be quiet. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 of this chapter tells us exactly what we need to do. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep what? Silent before him. Sometimes the reason we can't hear from God is because we're doing this. We're too busy talking. Just shh. Just listen. And there's something amazing about that. And all of this is just simply to say, God, we don't know what to do. But we're waiting. We're waiting. That's what Habakkuk was doing. He's waiting. Second thing, write what he shows you. Write what he tells you. Did you see how he said to Habakkuk? Write it down. Write it plainly. Write it where somebody can actually read it. And that somebody was a messenger. I'll give you two reasons why we should write. Now you can do it. You can call it journaling. You can call it a diary. You can call it whatever you want. Taking notes. I just think writing. And he told Habakkuk to write for two reasons. Number one, so Habakkuk could remember it. And number two, so that he could share it. You know, you, there's scientific evidence you remember more when you write it down. I just know that's my learning style. When I was going through college and seminary and even master's work, Ph.D. work, I remember I would go in an empty classroom. And the way I studied for exams is I would write everything I remember about the notes and I'd write it on the board. I mean everything. You know why? Because I could see it. And I've tried to remember stuff just from putting it in notes or typing it in Word. I don't remember it as much. But if I write it with my hand, I remember it for some reason because I'm the only person who could possibly read my handwriting. So it sticks. And I just think there's something to it. I want to encourage you. Here's my journal. This journal, my daughter gave me this I've always tried to keep one, and this is one that was really cool. She wrote me a little note in here, and I got all kind of notes. I got notes every, every pastor's meeting I go to, every time somebody preaches, I'm sitting out there, I've got this with me, and I take notes. And the reason I, I get up in the middle of the night, I'll write something. If I don't have this, I'll write it in a note to remind myself, write it in here. I just feel like if God is going to speak to us, we need to do what he told Habakkuk. Write it down. You know what? It helps others also to hear. Do you know why we have the book of Habakkuk? Because he wrote it down. If he hadn't have done what God said, would we have the prophet Habakkuk? Would we have the book? I don't know. Probably not. Somebody needs the benefit from what God told you. And it'll be a lot better if you write it. And then the last word, trust. So here we are, wait, and when God speaks, write it, and then 
trust. Now here's the problem with trusting. We want to be able to figure it out. No, it's not what he said. In fact, I want, to, I want to read with you what some have called the most important verse in the Bible. I read an article that said this verse changed the world. And you're like, in Habakkuk? Yes. Verse 4. Look at it with me. Let's read it. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. But the righteous shall live by his faith. The righteous shall live by his faith. Have you ever heard that? It's quoted or alluded to three times in the New Testament. You see, the Babylonians, from verse 6 all the way down to verse 20, the Babylonians had a series of woes coming at them. God was calling them out because they trusted in themselves. They trusted in their strength. So basically, what they were doing is saying, hey, we're strong. We can handle this. And they had people telling them how strong they were, the people they conquered. And so they were arrogant. They didn't trust anybody but them. My power is going to get it for me. My power is going to do everything. So basically, they just loaded their life up with simply the affirmation of themselves. What about the Jews? What about Israel? They trusted the law. Because every time that verse is quoted in the New Testament is in reference to, it's not the law we trust, it's him. So basically, he's given that verse to say, this is what you need to do when you don't understand God. When you can't figure out why things are happening, the righteous shall live by faith. Some of us wait until we get understanding. No. In fact, in the second century A.D., literally right after probably Revelation was written, the book Revelation was written, there was a rabbi. They called him a Talmudic rabbi because they specialized in the Talmud. They taught a lot of things. This is what this guy taught. He said, Moses gave us 613 commandments. Isaiah reduced them to six Micah the prophet reduced them to three, but Habakkuk summed it all up in one commandment we must live by. The righteous shall live by their faith. What that means is, when I don't understand him, I'm going to trust him. When I don't understand him, I'm going to trust him. I'm not leaning into me, and I'm not leaning into you, I'm leaning <laughs> into him because I don't walk by sight I walk by faith there was a German young man who was very gifted intellectually he had studied he'd become a priest in the church and he had actually just been awarded a doctor's degree I mean he was a brilliant kid and so he always had this struggle of why, why do I feel like I can't do enough good? I can't do enough right for God to, to give me or make me righteous. He, he just struggled with it because he wanted to be a righteous priest. And so he was reading the Bible one day. He was reading the New Testament. And he read a verse. Romans 
chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And it changed his life. And we are a result of that moment. Let me read what Martin Luther read. He read this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, say it with me, the righteous shall live by faith. Where'd that come from? Habakkuk. So you know what he did? He got his Greek New Testament out. And instead of Latin that he had been trained in, he read in the Greek what the word righteousness meant. And he had a dawning that, oh my goodness, Righteous is not something the church can give you. It's not something that I can earn. Righteousness is a gift of God, and it comes when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Martin Luther stood up and said, I can't do this anymore. I'm going the way that I read, and I'm going to make sure that we live by faith. He started something in 1517 called the Protestant Reformation. And it swept literally the world. We are called Protestant. Why? Because of Martin Luther. Because of what he believed. Because we believe the same thing. The righteous shall live by faith. So we're not believing all the things that people say. They may be right, may not be. We just put our trust and our hope in God. And so we're walking by him because the most important voice in our life is him, especially when we don't know what to do. So whenever you are silent and you're waiting, whenever you're able to have time to listen to it, it's the most amazing thing that happens. God begins to speak. And when you begin to speak, something miraculous happens to you. Because your life has a whole bunch of junk that you've listened to and picked up along the way. Some of it's what people said you were. Some of it is what people think you are. Some of it's what you've read, somebody said. I mean, it's just our lives are filled with that. But all of a sudden, we get alone. And we say, God, I just need you to speak to me. And the Bible calls him the living water for a reason. Because then the Lord begins to pour into us truth from his word. And the more we listen and the more truth that goes into our life, look what happens. Isn't that amazing? All those thoughts, all those ideas... They don't rule our life anymore. You say, but yeah, there's still some. Well, we're not perfect. We're still growing. I just know what happens when you wait and you listen to him and you write what he tells you and you believe him. Your life changes 
And my prayer for every one of us, especially in this season, is that this is, will be our life. Yeah, there's going to be some things we still are going to, I don't know. But man, it looks a lot better than it did before we heard from him. So today, I want us to do something. I want you to answer this question. What is God saying to me today? Okay? I want this moment. What is God saying to me now? And the second thing I want you to do, write it. I mean, it may just be one word. It may be just one sentence. It may be just one idea. Write it. And then, what are you going to do about it? It's one thing for God to speak. But I pray that we will be people who not only hears what he says, but we're willing to do what he says. So let me just say this. If you're streaming, you're watching on TV, you're sitting in this room, and you've never put your trust in Jesus, can I just tell you the starting point? The starting point is the living water. Jesus said, whoever drinks of that water will never thirst again. Guys, I hate to be honest with you at this point, but there's going to be another virus. There's going to be another storm. There's going to be another unemployment. There's going to be another broken heart. There's always going to be another. But there is one Jesus Christ, and he said, I will be with you. I will walk with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. So don't put your hope in your circumstances your hope in your explanations. No, your hope is in Him. And if you've never trusted Him, I know as you begin to listen in this moment, <laughs> He's going to be telling you, I love you. When are you going to trust me? And I pray that you'll put your trust. The Bible just says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. If you've already done that, it might be another area of your life God's going to speak to you about. But in these moments, the questions will be up for you to think, what's he saying? Write it down. What am I going to do? Let's just take a, a few minutes and let God speak today. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.